Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to After Work Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture and Pinot Noir brought to you by magazine editors and best friends, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. She's in London. And by she, I mean you, not me, who's always here. <laughs> I'm in London, you're in your apartment. I've been in the same spot, like, since the day I was born. <laughs> and I've been literally, like, this computer has been in the most rogue places to record this episode, these episodes. He was like... He was like, I can't wait to use the ACAR studio in London so I don't have to do it from, like, random bedrooms. <laughs> yeah. Every every time I log into you, I'm like, where is she now? It's, like, the Brooklyn skyline, some random backyard. Yeah, a hotel room. Now I'm in my housemate's um, bedroom in London. So walk us through, for the layman who weren't manically Facebook messaging you during this process, the chaotic and mimosa-filled 12 hours before your flight to London. Yeah, okay. So I didn't talk about this on the podcast because um, it was too stressful and I didn't really tell anyone, but basically... Is just this thing when she's, like, stressed about things where you just don't know until after they've happened? Yeah. Like, so even like... me, I feel like you'll message me and be like, oh, my God, like, this gang put a hit on me and I had to go into witness protection, but now it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, or, or, if I'm, or if I'm angry at you, I'll tell you like four days later. And you're like, oh. Yeah, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> but this was, this was a lot. So basically, I, so I was in LA just to muck around for the summer, but also because I got into the UK on a partnership visa because Anton has a British passport. Um, 
and I'd already used my two-year visa during a time we don't talk about when I was 18 and fucked around in Scotland for a bit. Lived in Scotland. I know. I was explaining that to people. They're like, why can't she just get that two-year visa? And I'm like, because she weirdly lived in Scotland when she was 18. Yeah. Don't ask. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> um, so then I didn't want to just stay in Australia and be in the cold winter without him while he was here because he had to have a job and it's boring. But anyway, so I went to LA and then we applied for the partnership visa and we got it express like priority so it was due back at the latest by august 20th and i had to legally leave the u.s by september 8th on an on my easter and then it just didn't come back and i was like okay and started calling them emailing them harassing them and they were just like nothing we can do or like just not replying yeah, and then anyway, it it just wouldn't come back, and I was so stressed out, and I'd booked this flight to New York, and you can't fly domestically in the US without your passport if you're not from there, and then so I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to the airport and try and fly to New York on my driver's license, and then they let me, and so I got through, and was like, amazing. Oh my God. Crazy as well, because LAX is like the most gnarly airport of all time. I know. It was weird. The last time I flew through LAX, I ended up in one of those like holding chambers, because my fingerprints wouldn't scan and I was laughing about it and the guy was like, ma'am, this is not funny. Oh and I was like, oh, God. my God. Yeah. My friend tried to fly into LA once and got to, um, sent straight back home. <laughs> he literally got, like, questioned at the border. It's like, nah. <laughs> he got questioned at the border and I think the guy was chatting with him and then my friend's an idiot and said that he'd, like, smoked weed once in his life or something. And they sent him back to New Zealand. <laughs> I feel like it's legal here. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Um, hot tip, not legal in airports because <laughs> the airports are not part of – so, like, the airport oh, isn't like part of California. Fascinating. Yeah. Anyway. So, anywho, and then – so, I flew to New York on a, on a driver's license and then got to New York and was like, cool, don't know how I'm getting back, just hoping it would work again. <laughs> and then so stressful. It was so stressful. But the biggest stress was the fact that I needed to be out of the USA – by a specific date and didn't have my passport. So then I was like calling everyone, called the New Zealand embassy, um, called US immigration officers to be like, what happens if I overstay? <laughs> and then and I was like to e- Izzy on email, I was like, have you considered sending an email? And Izzy was like, we are so past an email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, and yes, I've considered that. Yeah. Um, and then I, so the day that my flight was to the UK, I'd heard nothing back. Oh, no, the night before, I'd heard nothing back. And then I got this notification that my passport had been sent, shipped. Still don't know if I've got the UK visa at this point, just wanting my passport back so I can get out of the fucking US. And then it arrived at 10.30 a.m. on the day of my flight, and my flight was at 6 p.m., which means I needed to be at the airport. No, my flight was at 4 p.m., which means I needed to be at the airport at 2 p.m. and leave home at 1.30. So I had three hours from the time of my passport arriving back, getting the visa and getting to the airport. So obviously I went to Shadow Marmont and had two, like, $100 mimosas. Izzy <laughs> was explaining to me before, she was like, in America, at the Chateau Marmont, a mimosa is $18 plus tax. So it works out at literally $100 Australian dollars for two. <laughs> yeah. Why did I think America was cheap? Oh, no. It's fucked. Like, I'm so glad to be here because every single dinner you go out for, like, people don't go to just chill. They don't go to, like, a $15 Vietnamese place and have a pho. It just, mm. that just doesn't happen. Well, not anyone I was hanging out with anyway. 
and so then I arrived in London and I got here and me and Anton's first meal cost like $10 and you know, you have like a BYO bottle of wine and I was like, I haven't done You're this crying. in three months. You're like, this is practically free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I arrived here safe and sound, surprisingly. And I'm so sorry to everyone who had to deal with me for the past two weeks in LA when I was literally like, cool. So I'm going to be like an illegal immigrant in Trump's USA. <laughs> send her back or whatever they say yeah build the wall around me build the <laughs> it was fucked so then i yeah flew to london arrived here like burst into t- oh no and then i haven't even told you this so all of this happens i fly across country in the u.s with a driver's license somehow get my passport and fly to um fly to the to the UK. Also, it says on my UK visa that it doesn't start till the 10th, which is like two days before I arrived in the country. And I was like, whatever, I'm just going. And then got in and it was fine. I was like, I cannot be bothered even Googling to see whether I can get in. And then, yeah. so I just landed here and then Anton picked me up and we went on the Heathrow Express, which is this train to Paddington. And we get to Paddington and I leave the train ticket on the train. Like I forgot that you needed to use them to get out of the barriers. Mm-hmm. And then we're walking towards the barriers and we had mm-hmm. the receipt still for two tickets. And then I, I said to the man, I was like, oh, sorry, I left my ticket on the train. And he was like, whoa, 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 like stop in your tracks. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he was like, you have, he was like this, um, you can't get through without your ticket. And I was like, well, it's on the fucking train over there. And he was like, usually I would ask you to go back and, and get it, but just show me the receipt. And I was like, I've like literally been showing you the receipt. And then he asked Anton to... How can you go back and get it? Because the train was still sitting there. And then he Mm. asked me to pull up, Anton to pull up, like, the card that he used to pay for it. And it weirdly wasn't showing the same card number. Who fucking knows why? But we had the receipt in our hands, and it showed on his FPOS, like, transactions that the receipt was there. And then the guy was just like, no, it's wrong, it's fraud. And I was like are you fucking serious? And so we went back onto the train, tried to find the ticket, couldn't find it, came back off, and we were like, just let us through the goddamn gate. We obviously bought tickets for this train. And then he wouldn't let us through, and he was like, I'm going to call the transport police. <gasps> and I just, Is he serious? And I just burst into tears. Like, I was like, I've just dealt with the most stressful two weeks dealing with U.S. immigration officers flying across the country on a driver's license, not knowing if I'm going to get my passport back the day of my flight, and I arrive in the U.K., and the train man is giving me more <laughs> shit than, like, immigration. It was, like, it was insane. I burst into tears, and I was, like, sobbing hysterically, and then the guy was like, oh, oh, oh. and he was like, oh, uh, uh, and I'm, like, in the middle of Paddington Station with all these people looking at me, just, like, hysterically sobbing, and Anton, who'd gotten home at, like, 5 a.m., was like, I cannot deal with this This and too much so yeah the guy eventually let us through and then he like chased us down and had another go at us really afterwards i think because he felt i think he felt bad that i was crying so he was trying to like explain again why he was being such an asshole and i was like can you please fuck off and i kept going jesus and he was like no not jesus (laughs) (laughs) Like, no. no, not Jesus, actually. Like, fucking hell. And then, That's yeah. so crazy. It seems very unlike English people, as they oh, know them, gosh. to be that hardcore about a train ticket. It was just, yeah, it was so insane. And, and like, oh, yeah. And then, anyway, but luck has continued to be on my side because yesterday I got tickets to Fleabag. When you said you were trying to get tickets to Fleabag, I didn't realize it was this immediate thing of, like, lining up and then getting them and then going to see it immediately. Yeah, so... 
the when she released the tickets for the so her last live show ever of Fleabag, they sold out immediately. Like my friend was like, they sold mm-hmm. out faster than Glastonbury. And yeah. then they release so on the day of the show, they release thirty extra tickets, but you have to line up in the morning to try and get them. So mm. me and um Lily, one of my best mates, we got up really early yesterday morning and traipsed into town and then lined up for two hours and got tickets. Wow. Yeah. And then we went last Good night. Good things come to those who wait. Who went? Just you and Lily? Yeah. Was it amazing? Tell me everything. It was so good. It was so good. So she, it was basically like a stand-up comedy routine. It was just her on the stage with a chair. But then there were voiceovers. So like um, it started with her at the bank trying to get the loan. And the bank mm-hmm. guy's voice was was playing so you could hear him talk and then she would talk back to mm-hmm. him and then sometimes mm-hmm. she was both people's voices um and then yeah it was it was hilarious but it was quite funny because we were so far back because we were in the pleb seat that we like couldn't really see her face when i saw your picture it was literally bird's eye i was like how could someone yeah. see this above someone while still sitting in a chair yeah it was so high up and so it was kind of annoying because the light was on her face so you couldn't see all of her facial expressions, which is, like, one of the main fucking things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then she she did the whole first season, but there were heaps of bits because she did the exact play that she wrote in 2013, so it hasn't been changed. Um, mm-hmm. So there were heaps of bits that didn't actually make the show. So there were... Right. Yeah, so there were new bits all the way through, probably, like, 80%. What kind of things? Well, this is the thing. I was trying, like, as it was happening, I was like, I have to remember this to tell Grace, and then I would forget straight away. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, bits where she would, helpful. like, unbutton her top and then take selfies to send to a guy, and then she would, like, move her, like, she would stand up off the chair and put one leg up on the chair and pretend, <laughs> to, be, and pretend to be hoisting her underpants aside and taking photos of her vagina. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's the bit I remember because that's the bit she moved the most in. The day before, she was there handing out gin and tonics to the people who were lining up. Yeah, so annoying. Her and the hot priest the day before we lined up. <gasps> and the hot priest. Yeah. <sighs> I feel like they're really good mates. They seem to always be together. That's so nice. Um, but yeah, it was it was so good. And then afterwards, we so we made friends with these ridiculously funny English people who were in the line with us that morning. And then they came and were standing beside us that night. And they snuck their brother in. It was so iconic. Just this, like, tall English guy. And he somehow managed to sneak into the theatre without a ticket. Wow. I know. And what did he do? Like, sit in the aisle? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was so good. And then we made friends with them during the show. And one of the girls, for some reason, like, could not hold on to her drinks. And she spilled, like, four drinks in a row. She kept just dropping them. (laughs) It was so weird. And then she dropped the, She dropped like three before the show started and kept hitting, splashing the girl in front of her who was really pissed off. And then um, in the middle of the show, just was like holding a drink just in her hand and then just dropped it. I feel like it's something you would do. Yeah, I was going to say this girl is speaking to me on yeah. a certain level. And then we all went out for a drink afterwards, which was nice. That's nice. Mm. Very pleasant. I, on the other hand, have been doing nothing interesting, really. I've been watching The Killing. Have you seen The Killing? No. It's like I watched the Scandi version, which is the original version. It's like one of those Scandi, like, murder mysteries. And they did an American version, and I just read M-Town, M-Train, 
by Patty Smith, and she was going on and on and on and on about the killing. So I started watching it, and it's really good. Do you like murder mystery shows? Yeah. Yeah. Or not really? Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> Do you know what else I remembered that these people said last night? They um listened to the teacher's bit. Who? All the English people that we're with. Really? Mm. I feel like we made the teacher's pet, even though, like, I know intellectually that we didn't. Like, when you say that, I'm like, oh, my God, we're viral. Yeah, same. <laughs> I think I actually forgot to tell them that I had a podcast. I was too busy talking about the teacher's pet. Yeah. Not not as relevant as the teacher's pet. I actually, this is not a recommendation from me because I haven't listened to it, but my mum was telling me that there's a really good long-form interview with Headley in, like, the Australian's podcast something. I don't know. Basically, he, before he did the teacher's pet, did the, like, corruption and crime beat as a journalist, and he was writing about organised crime and, like, corruption in the unions. And one night when he was in bed with his wife and his two little kids were asleep, he was the victim of a full-on drive-by. What? Yeah, like, and someone shot up his house while he was in bed and a bullet missed him by, like, less than three centimetres or something crazy. And that was what like 20 fuck? years ago. They were trying to kill yeah. him because of the work he was doing. Yeah, but he was like, I didn't even know which story it was for because I was working on like seven. I didn't know if it was for one I was working on or one I had worked on. Like they didn't leave a, oh. a clue. So I didn't know what to stop doing. That like semi <laughs> happened to my mum once. <laughs> <laughs> a guy tried to kill my mum. Really? Yeah. The knife. That's not funny. It's not funny. That's I'm no you're way. laughing. I'm not laughing. Donna was the victim of a drive-by for like from corrupt. Yeah, no, it was, it was like it was like it was because of her work. No, that's horrendous. Yeah. Being chased by a man with a knife is like so much worse. And now I and feel then terrible. one time she um one time uh she was pulling out of a car park or something and some guy tooted at her at, like to get out of the way and she pulled the fingers at him and then he chased us yeah. down and screamed at us oh my god like gang member new zealand's dangerous yeah wow um, they don't show you this in the tourism ads do you know what i watched finally what on the plane over here the only thing i did was watch the um adnan said documentary Yes. Okay, cool. I've seen that. We can discuss it. And it's so Still funny. Still think he's guilty. Yeah, but it's so funny because at the start I was like, you know how they always do this with documentaries where the first three episodes kind of give you one narrative and then the next give you another? And so the, f- mm. the whole way through I was like, obviously he is guilty as sin. And then as soon as they start focusing on Jay and all the weird things with the cell phone towers and stuff, I'm like, well, maybe he's not guilty. But then who else did it? I know. They never this give is the you thing we other. always come back to. They always go, oh, maybe it wasn't him. And then there's heaps of, like, really smart people that think it wasn't him. I know. And I remember from that documentary, although I can't remember a single one of them, there was quite a few things that made me doubt that he was guilty. This is the guy from Serial, away. by the way, from the podcast Serial. The podcast Serial, yeah. Um, yeah, I know. It's so weird as well because then you see, like, the photos of him. But they show all the photos of him when he's at school and he looks like this really, really good boy. And then they'll show a couple where he looks like a bit of a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> Is he on a jury? She's like, can we please get up photograph 7B again? <laughs> where he's wearing a cap backwards. 
I think you'll find here he looks like a bad boy. His so. t-shirt is very oversized. <laughs> we have no choice but to convict. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I. I think. Yeah. God knows. I would. I would pay good money to find out whether he did it or not. It's so like if that was an option. Yeah, I know. When did that happen? I'm like, I just want to know. But I feel like we'd pay like ten grand or whatever, and then they would show. And they'd be like, yeah, he did it. And we'd be like, well, obviously. And we just would have wasted all our money. Mm. It's it's weird how they haven't been able to create a proper lie detector that actually works. I know. Or something like that. You know, we can do so much stuff, but we still can't figure out if someone's lying or not. I know. It's interesting, isn't it? But it's because if you're into, if you're asked things, you feel like you're lying even when you're telling the truth. Yeah, that always happens to me. I always laugh when I when I think Anton thinks I'm lying, but I'm not. Yeah, yeah. So I know exactly what you mean. I also want to give a shout out to you for carrying the entire last episode um, when we when I was in Brooklyn. I was... <laughs> <laughs> the Grace O'Neill monologue episode. It literally was, but I'm so sorry. We had to pause halfway through and Grace was like, can you please utter like one sentence? And I was like, I physically can't. Izzy was like a husk of a human being. I was so hungover. We should just finish now. And I was like, Izzy, it's been 17 minutes. <laughs> I was like, it's been like 45 minutes. You were like, you were like, this call hasn't even been recording for 10. And we talked shit for like half of it. I was like, fuck. And then when we, when we, because I'd spoken to you the night before. And then when we went to talk, I'd sent you through like five or six to like story suggestions. And then you're like, yep, yep, yep. So your story. So Jeffrey Epstein. And I was like, that's the only thing I didn't put in that list. <laughs> like you just obviously taken a blind guess. And like, she's probably fucking got something to say about him. <laughs> yeah, no, it was because I couldn't be bothered reading up on anything. And I was like, I know a little bit about Jeffrey Epstein. Even this morning though, I woke up and I was like, because we went out for what was supposed to be one drink with this, these random English people ended up meeting these two women in their sixties. And one of them had, they were sisters and one had bought her sister t- flea bag tickets for her 60th birthday. And they were so legendary that we stayed out. I woke up this morning and I was like, Oh, oh my God, I'm going to be hung over again for this episode. And Grace is actually going to divorce me. I know, but I don't really have anything either. When we were talking in the Facebook group this week, I joked that I was like so hungover I should have been wearing my 3D glasses to talk to you. And a listener came <laughs> and a listener came back and was like, on that note, I went and saw a 3D movie a few years ago and I was complaining that the effects were shit and it was really dark and I walked out of the cinema to get new glasses and the guy told me I was wearing my Ray-Bans. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, this is oh so shit and so dark. Oh. Do you know what else I watched? What? This um, We got recommended it ages ago by a listener in our Facebook group, but the first ever Netflix movie based in New Zealand, like Netflix rom-com. Oh, God, that's niche. It's so bad. <clears throat> the guy, the main guy, the main guy is supposed to be from New Zealand, obviously, and he's just an Australian actor. That's, I just wonder with these things, like, why? Yeah, he talks in a full Australian accent, but he's supposed to be from New Zealand. An actor. It's like, I was talking to someone the other day about, like, the ads on, um, the ads on, sm- on cigarette packets, like the anti-smoking ads, 
and how one of them is that guy called Brian and it's like an urban myth. I don't know if it's true or not that he didn't actually die of lung cancer. And I was like, as if you would have any trouble finding someone who did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this <laughs> this guy and then Why? at the start, this is Christina Milian or whatever. You know that old, that singer? Oh, uh, yeah. Her. I don't know a single thing that she sings, but I know her, yeah. Yeah, she moves to New Zealand. So she wins a competition to she wins an inn like a house somehow i want to win an inn that's a nice little romantic comedy idea yeah the the name for the show is the name of the movie is falling in love i love this movie i actually loved it too yeah my friend my friend was like this is the worst movie i've ever seen but she she just has never seen any of those shitty netflix rom-coms so she thought it was just especially bad because it was New Zealand. I was like, no, they're just all really bad. But, um, And then she wins an inn and goes to New Zealand and then meets this New Zealand guy who's actually an Australian guy. And when she meets him, she's like, oh, crikey dick or something. And he's like, wrong country. And I'm like, yeah, well, it would be if you weren't Australian. And like, crikey dick. like Something like that. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? And you just had this like face of panic, but you're like, I'm definitely misquoting. Yeah, some the movie. Ast- some Australian term, get a or something. Crikey, dick! <laughs> is that Australian? Yeah. The dick isn't. Oh, crikey. <laughs> oh. Anyway, and then she catches anyway. like three buses to get where she's going. I was like, we have Uber. <laughs> It was just so bad. It honestly made New Zealand look like this little farm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I won't be watching that one. Actually, have you listened to the Ivanka Trump um, podcast yet? No. I got as far as downloading the app. And then the other day okay. I was like, what the hell is this app? <laughs> you need to listen to it. It's really, really good. It's just scary. Not scary, but just so weird. Like phases of Ivanka's life and this recent episode was so crazy because she it goes into Donald meeting Melania and Donald is just such a creep like apparently he used to cheat on Melania all the time and when when she would come home to their apartment and there was makeup all over the sheets he'd be like it's Ivanka's oh yes he's so weird and there's this like like literally say I was cheating on you with a random woman yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Did you also see that um, Trump called Chrissy Teigen a filthy-mouthed wife on Twitter? Yeah. So she literally had nothing to do with anything. And John Legend had John Legend had gone on TV and was talking about like I don't know some some sort of political thing. And so Trump hit back and was like, John Legend's music is boring and his filthy-mouthed wife. And then Chrissy Teigen was like, oh hello there um and then replied to him like put a tweet going lol what a pussy ass bitch tagged everyone but me and honor mr president and then pussy president pussy ass bitch started trending yeah i was gonna say i saw all of these things on like instagram and instagram stories that were like chrissy teigen claps back see her amazing response and it was like you're a pussy ass bitch and i was like whoa <laughs> so good <laughs> i love it so much he was just like <gasps> she had nothing to do with it and then he just randomly like plonked her into a tweet and she was like oh good morning 
It's also like, doesn't he have other things to be doing than going after John Legend and Chrissy Teigen on Twitter? Like, isn't that so concerning? Yeah. It's so funny. And then she's like, lol, what a pussy-ass bitch about the President of the United States. I'm just so obsessed with that. It's so crazy. Yeah. And then that, yeah, it was trending on Twitter. (laughs) Chrissy. Uh, I know. Sometimes she's annoying, but not now. Yeah, no, I agree. I quite like her. Grace, what would you do with $10,000? Shoes. Right, just shoes? Yes, like 11 pairs of shoes and maybe a bag, but mainly shoes. You are insane. What would you spend it on? Well, maybe like two or three pairs of shoes, but then a nice holiday overseas and several nice dinners at Chin Chin. (laughs) <laughs> good call the reason that we say all of this is because frank body are currently running a competition where you go in the running to win 10k everyone knows frank body for their scrubs at this point they are frankly iconic see what i did there oh my god uh but what less people know is that the founders of frank jess and brie actually got their start by winning a competition which gave them the tools to start their business and now they want to pay it forward and are giving one of their lovely fans a chance to win ten thousand dollars for themselves you can spend it on whatever you want, a holiday, a car. Paying off your credit card debt. Yes, that too. All you have to do is head to Frank's Instagram account at Frank underscore bod and look for the competition tile. Thank you to Frank Body for sponsoring this episode of After Work Drinks. So the story that we have both been obsessed with this week is a piece written on the cart. Um, as per, called I Was Carolyn Colloway, and um, it's about, so that crazy Instagram influencer girl who, she went viral earlier this year because she tried to um, organize a bunch of creativity workshops and charge people like extortionate money um, to basically meet her and get a flower crown, and then they, like it was, it was out, outed as a scam and it went viral and it was likened to Fire Festival. Um, but before that, she'd kind of become massive on Instagram when it started back in like 2013. And she was sort of a wellness travel influencer who posted all these witty captions about her time at Cambridge. And then she got a book deal and then she never wrote the book. And then she disappeared and then she did these creativity workshops and then was called the biggest scam artist of the year. <laughs> and so her old best friend has come out and written a tell-all for the cut saying that... Um, she was ghost writing her Instagram captions and was writing the book alongside her but wasn't credited for any of it and basically talks about their crazy toxic friendship um, and it's pretty intense. It's amazing. I'm so happy that we read this because <laughs> it's just the best story. I feel like all these stories about scammers, we're obsessed with all these stories about scammers like Elizabeth Holmes and Anna Delvey. Mm. But this story is just awesome because I feel like I'm kind of conflicted because I feel like the major response has been like, yeah, call her out. But I'm like a bit on the fence. Yeah, which is quite controversial. Yeah, quite controversial. I feel like it was such a great read and she's such a good writer and I'm glad that it exists because I'm glad from a personal perspective to read this like messy situation. That I also just kind of wondered, it felt more like she had an axe to grind slash 
that this was the only way she was going to get her writing out there in a massive way. So she had quite selfish intentions rather than it being like an expose of a fraud. Like I didn't feel like enough in there was so bad that it warrant. you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like in the public interest to have to know. I feel like the biggest bombshells were like she bought all her followers, which if anyone knows anything about Instagram is extremely obvious because she has like 790,000 followers and her posts get 1,200 likes, mm. which I don't know. Doesn't matter. Like you could get on a good day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and um, that, sh- and then just her being addicted to Adderall, which I feel like is a bit mean to share with everyone. Yeah. And she shared that she was suicidal as well. Yeah, and I, I get that, that she ghostwrote her... She didn't even seem to ghostwrite that much of her Instagram. Like, it wasn't like I did all of them. It was like I helped her with some of them. Which is what I do for you. <laughs> what you do for me. For yeah. Me. Yeah, like, I just... If she'd ghostwritten all of her Instagram captions ever and the girl just couldn't string a sentence together, that's a story, mm. I feel. Mm. But this, it just felt like she'd exploited her, but then the friend was getting back by exploiting her back. And I'm like, okay, so now it's just even Stevens. Yeah. Um, and also, so basically in the aftermath of this article, so well, before the article was even published, Carolyn posted on Instagram that she'd found out that Natalie was writing this big piece. And she kind of like hyped up all of her followers into it. Like she, would, she posted about it a week ago and was like, this piece is coming out blah 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 and then posted about seven times about the piece so when the piece finally came out it went viral and she was the third biggest trending thing on twitter for a while in the u.s her name amazing and yeah and so it was this big massive thing but she has such chaotic energy don't you feel like i don't we don't we didn't really know anything about her except for her like random fire festival thing that she did we never stumbled across her in our own Instagram travels. No. But just looking at her account in the last 24 hours, she is just the most chaotic human being. Yeah, so now that the article has <laughs> come out, she has posted 56 times in the last 13 hours, I counted. And, and it- she's posting things which I don't understand, like screenshots of her Instagram account from the time the article is I'm just like just stop just stop yeah so what she's doing is she's trying to now credit Natalie for the for co-writing her weird Instagram captions and some of them it's so funny because what I'm finding really real joy in is all the people commenting on her crazy Instagram binge so like in 13 hours she's posted 56 posts which are all galleries which is crazy <laughs> um, and, this is what and, I used to do when I would get drunk and post yeah. like 11 pictures in 12 hours and then be like, oh, the next morning. Yeah, and then she's... Yeah, so now she's co-crediting Natalie for the captions, which was definitely not at all the point of the entire article at all. <laughs> like, the article, no. was about, the article was about <laughs> someone, her exploit, her exploiting Natalie's friendship, her being a toxic friend and all the bad shit she used to do and how she's a liar, basically. And how she's mm-hmm. always been a liar. I think that's what she was trying to say. But, like, yeah. all these people that are commenting on it are so funny, so... I wrote them down for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One person was like, I'm losing my mind at you needing to share that it took two people to write, look up. (laughs) (laughs) And then someone else was like, somebody take her phone away, I'm calling the police. Someone else goes, this is becoming very murdery. And then another person goes, rapid fire Instagram posting is definitely an interesting choice here. <laughs> Off the back of the article. And someone Literally. else, in caps, what is even happening, Carolyn? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love Carolyn. I have to say that I am kind of team Carolyn. There was so many amazing things in that article that I'm just completely obsessed with. Like what? Such as the Exeter plate. Oh, what was it? The plates. Oh, yeah, the Yale plates. So Natalie bought the Yale plates being stolen from her house. Yes. So Natalie bought her plates, Yale plates, and then wrote on the back, what was it? Like, fuck off or something? Because she didn't get into Yale? Yeah, it was meant to be a a fun joke. Yeah. And And she said when she got the plates, she burst into tears because they were so thoughtful. I was like, this chick is so off shops. (laughs) Yeah. And then she um, told Natalie that her house had been broken into and the plates had been stolen. And she was like, I was just confused as to why in her apartment that was full of like brand new Apple technology, designer clothes, like luxury handbags, someone would only steal these two plates. And she said, she was like, yeah, it was so weird. All they stole was these plates and a ring. And she saw her wearing the ring a week later. (laughs) Yeah. So she'd obviously just hated the plates. (laughs) rolling them out and then being like I have to pretend that my house got robbed (laughs) it's like what I I feel like I have some empathy with Carolyn and we're coming to realize that I have Carolyn like tendencies in my life because I I feel like it's something we would all do when we were 13 or 14 where you do something and panic and come up with a really stupid lie yeah and just kind of just dig your heels in and stick to it you're like no 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 that definitely happened and another part of it that everyone's saying is the worst part is they went to Amsterdam and then they were out at a bar and Natalie was trying to hit on the bartender and so she was like just leave me here and Carolyn went home back to the Airbnb locked the door went to sleep and then Natalie the bartender didn't want to hook up with her or he like wanted to go to the bathroom and have sex with her and she was like no thanks and so she went home and then she couldn't get into the Airbnb and Carolyn wasn't answering her phone and wasn't replying to her texts all night and locked her out all night and Natalie basically slept on the street and everyone is like, you are a horrible, horrible friend. And I was like, to Grace, that reminds me of something you would do. 
I would 100% do that. Yeah. I was like, she is getting a rough trot for being <laughs> sleepy and assuming her friend is doing what she said she was going to do, which was go to someone's house for the night. Yeah. Everyone's acting like she left her on the streets to be murdered. Like, it's your fault also. It's 100% That's just you a bad do. situation. I know. Like, I we know. Would go the away bit together. where she opened the door and she woke up and it was midday and she was yawning and she, like, burst through the door <laughs> and was, like, hysterically crying. I was like, you have no idea what happened to me last night. This like, is actually, I'm, I'm honestly wondering if this has happened to us before because it sounds so familiar. It sounds like something exactly that would happen to me and you. Yeah. 100%. And then there's a BuzzFeed quiz and it's, are you a Carolyn or a Natalie? And then Grace was doing it as we were setting up this recording. She started doing the quiz and then she was like, she got to the end and she goes, I was like, who did you get? And she goes, well, Carolyn, but it's stupid. You'll see what I mean. Like, as in, <laughs> as in I would get Carolyn and then I did it and got Natalie. <laughs> and the quiz is so funny. Like, I'm so sorry if you guys haven't read this article because it probably isn't, or if you don't know who she is, because it's probably not as great to you, but you should definitely read the article and then come back. But it's like, um, the questions are, Wait, They're so it? fucking funny. Whoever Pick. made this quiz literally deserves a pay rise slash a Pulitzer Prize. Pick a meal it's like, to... which European city would you most like to be locked out of your hotel? Pick a meal to eat after doing Adderall for 35 hours straight. And then I go to you, what did you pick? And you were just like, steak. I picked burrito. Did you? Yeah. And then pick a sweet And then one is a drink to celebrate the book advance. You will eventually have to pay back. <laughs> yeah. It gives me – I'm not surprised that Kat Marnell was referenced in this story and it looks like Kat Marnell and Caroline are good friends. They have the same literary agent. I don't know if they're I don't friends. know. I think – she, like, comments on all her posts. I, or she comments on a few. I went back and found something where they were not too far. It's very far on her grid, but it's actually in September. Um, yeah. Where they were talking about Adderall. So, like, Kat Marnell... Yeah, okay, so they've got something to vibe about, yeah. No, so Kat Marnell posted her on Twitter and was, like, that famous social media chick who cuts up paper on her floor is deaf on Adderall. And then Carolyn was like, okay, I'm not on Adderall <laughs> anymore. So, I think they were both Amazing. But, yeah, I think that Kat Marnell and Caroline Holloway, Calloway, have a similar energy. And if anyone doesn't know, Kat Marnell is that um, American editor who is an editor at Lucky... And then Exo Jane, yeah, she was a beauty editor, and she was just like this completely scat, um, drug addicted human being. And then she wrote a really amazing memoir about it. But it is that kind of I think. Okay, so to get serious for a minute, I think the thing with these stories because when these stories happen, it's like even if it's someone we've never heard of before, we get completely drawn into the vortex of these stories, right? Like we get obsessed with them and obsessed with every detail. And I think that the reason for that is because it's like a bit of schadenfreude, is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. We are like getting off on the misery of others. I also think that people have fantasies about having an like reinventing themselves, you know what I mean? Or like having a different life or a different backstory or a different, being a different person. And then when someone actually does it and tries and succeeds and then it's all exposed, there's some kind of psychological thing where you really like that, I feel. Mm. And I think people, I don't know, there's something that we're obsessed with with scamming and especially women. So Anna Delvey, 
yes. who is yes. the woman who pretended she was an heiress and had millions and millions of dollars and hung out with all the richest people in New York, which is just iconic. And Elizabeth Holmes, who just scammed everyone into thinking she was the next fucking, what's his name? Apple guy. Yeah, everyone including herself. Yeah. <laughs> she just wore all his turtlenecks. Steve Jobs. Yeah. Got his name for a minute. Steve Jobs. Yeah, no, but this is what I mean. There's something about these women that we're super, super drawn to and obsessed over, and I'm wondering what it is about women who lie or women who scam that we're so invested in. Mm. I think there's some, I think there's some ingrained sexism in it, not to get boring, but I just feel like there is, I feel like there's, it's not a coincidence that I like people obsessed over fire festival, but they didn't obsess over Billy in the way we obsess over Anna and Elizabeth and Caroline you know what I mean like it was the fire festival it wasn't Billy whatever like we don't I don't even know what his last name is McFarland but I only know that because it was yeah. in the BuzzFeed quiz and I picked Anna oh, yeah. Delby yeah which exactly. millennial scam artist would you prefer or something yeah there's definitely a two-sided thing I didn't have much sympathy for Elizabeth Holmes because she was literally scamming like cancer patients but with Anna Delvey and Caroline Holloway it seems a little bit more superficial level. So there's kind of a like kind of obsessed with you, but you're crazy vibe to it. Yeah. And I also think with Carolyn, it's the Instagram thing as well. People, people are just like, even today you were like, I don't really know that much about her. And I was like, we don't even need to know anything. It's just another one of those crazy influencer scam scandals that goes viral. Mm -hmm. Like those people that scammed their engagement. Yes, exactly. We just always find it interesting because I guess the nature of Instagram is that you can totally expose, not expose, what's the word? Like you can con people. It's the whole nature of the medium is that you can create a completely different person, an alter ego that has no relation to yourself really. But it seems like, I don't feel like that's what she's done. I feel like she's getting a kind of, I feel like she's getting a hard rap. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I feel like we haven't been, a follower of her for long enough I kind of want to know what people who follow her think agreed her. no one I know follows her oh I haven't even looked I'm looking now but we've got Leandra people Cohen Glossier people in our Facebook group where all know who she is and were commenting about this article like crazy um and also some one person pointed out something um quite worth noting is like they were like her we can we find it crazy and we find it manic and we find it really interesting watching this happen and this person posts like 56 posts in 13 hours but then it's kind of like I don't know is this it looks like there's something she's unraveling which isn't shouldn't be uh entertainment exactly I was thinking that as well actually when I was seeing her post all this stuff and I don't really know what the answer to that is because like it's always going to be interesting because it's kind of a fascinating story. Yeah. But, and so people are going to be fascinated by it. 
obviously don't troll her, but it's like this behavior is pretty insane. But she seems to be leaning into the scammer thing. Like her whole grid is filled with so many headlines about like the year of the scammer or the yeah, thing of the scammer. Yeah, she changed her. And... Um... She changed her workshops to the scam and then kept hosting them in New York. I think she just likes publicity. It's so weird. Yeah. It seems like she's fairly obsessed with publicity. She reminds me a lot of Hannah from Girls. Yes, she seems... So this is what I was saying to you at the start, which is that I worry, like the reason I knew I was going to get Caroline in that quiz is because there's a lot of elements of her personality that I can relate to where you're kind of accidentally narcissistic, like especially when you're younger. Like a lot of the things she's talking about was when she was like 21 and 22. You literally feel like the whole world revolves around you and your friend is like chasing after you and you're just like blah, blah, blah in your own little world and you're like, oh, can you go to my apartment and do this to me? I'll pay you like 50 bucks or whatever. Like I've never had the money to do that, but I can see... A lot of it seems like complete narcissism and obliviousness to other people and not being very empathetic and just not being a very good friend, which, I mean, I don't want to be too harsh on myself. I don't think I'm those four things, but I can I can empathize with that kind of mindless going through life, feeling like the world revolves around you kind exactly. of thing. Exactly, and I found it interesting when she stopped. So she her friendship stopped with Natalie like I think two years ago officially but it's been like five years since she helped with her Instagram mm. um, which is ages ago that's what I mean I was like the more I re- when I saw the story come out my first reaction was okay so this girl has become famous for writing fiction like detailed captions that has made everyone think she's a great writer, but actually she can't write. She's just had someone else pretending the entire time. That's what I thought the story was. And I was like, well, that's pretty interesting. But she can write, obviously. She's got a really great education. They met in the same school. This girl doesn't seem to have offered enough to warrant credit for all her success or her quote-unquote personal brand or whatever. No, definitely not. I think it's a story of I think it's a story of it should be a story of getting out of a toxic friendship and all of those yes. kind of horrible feelings and how hard it is to end a friendship rather than kind of like and I don't think she is trying to make it about the Instagram captions and stuff but then again the title is I was Carolyn Colloway yes so I feel like it's been framed in that way probably by the editors rather than her because I agree the the plotline of the story is really about getting in a friendship with someone that just doesn't care much about you is not very good for you Mm. and you just keep being drawn back even just any sort of toxic relationship I feel like you could relate that to yeah and she says in the article that um Carolyn was praising her when she sent when she sent an email to Carolyn telling her she was writing this essay, Carolyn was like praising her in the reply and she felt drawn back in straight away. And I feel like that's so Mm. relatable. So relatable. I think it is these things with people who have these kind of narcissistic self-obsessed personalities where they often are very charismatic or they are very 
they do heap praise on you or they are very good at drawing you in and that's the whole point of them and that's why it's so difficult to break away. Yeah, and they're always really, really fun and they're the ones that want to go on adventures and they're the ones that are really free-spirited and they make you want to do that with them and be that fun adventurous yeah, exactly. girl. She's like the Jemima from Girls mixed with the Hannah from Girls. She's yeah. Like, she's like Jemima in a sense that, you know, how like Hannah and even Lena Dunham in real life said that Jem- Jemima Kirk, sorry, I was using her real name, um, Jemima Kirk was that yeah. girl in high school and Lena Dunham wanted to be like her so badly that she did everything for her and Jemima treated her like a slave. Mm. Yes, you're so right. That's exactly what this is like. Yeah. And then Lena said she wrote her into girls as herself. So like the Jemima, what's her fucking name on girls? Um, Je- Jenna? Yeah. Gemma? Yeah, yeah, Jenna. Jenna, yeah. Yeah, that she wrote her into girls as her own character, as herself. Yeah, because she wasn't an actor, right? She just like and then um, then when they did that, they did an interview recently. Jessa, Jessa. Sorry, (laughs) Uh, I feel like we should. If you you paid me a hundred thousand dollars, I never would have guessed that, which is scary. I knew it wasn't Jenna when we were saying it just then, but I was like, I can't because I'm all I'm thinking of her is a real name. Um, but yeah, and then when they did an interview recently, um, Jemima was like, I feel like you did that to punish me and to have something over me because I'd had something over you our whole childhood. Mm. Yeah, it's very similar. It is very similar. But then it's like, but then it's also very similar because it's like Lena Dunham is also kind of annoying. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. It's not like she's in the... <laughs> it's not like you're in the right for exposing it. It's like you're both just doing the same thing in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, and the the BuzzFeed bit at the end, when it said, said that I was a Natalie, it goes, um, you're definitely the better writer, <laughs> which is so rude. <laughs> um, but it's true. She's a really good writer. Yeah, she is. But how do we know that she's definitely better? If That's Carolyn true. hasn't written a big piece. Um, it's also unclear whether you're actually the bigger con artist. <laughs> La, yeah. Oh my god, this BuzzFeed quiz person is at the new host of After Work Drinks, Ryan, Ryan Broderick. Broderick. <laughs> Not what I was expecting when I said that. Please <laughs> redact. <laughs> We're no men allowed. No offense, Ryan. Um. Okay. Well, please. Please, can we actually get some reviews? I haven't had any in a while. Keep refreshing the app. Yeah. If you are not going to do anything else this week, like, just give us a review. Yeah, we'll be so stoked. We'll be so stoked. We'll, like, what will we do? Read it out on air. No, that's embarrassing. (laughs) It's embarrassing. Also, people keep joining, bots or fake people keep joining our our Facebook group and then posting weird (laughs) spam. I have to block them all. I, I know. Do... I wasn't even aware of it. Zach was like, did you see my reply to the bot? I was like, oh, what? I did, yeah, I realized um, that there'd been reply. I just deleted it as soon as I saw it and then saw there were four comments and I was like, oh, I didn't even get to see those. Was it Zach? The comment was Zach because the, the post was like, would you like to win $1,000? And Zach was like, sounds interesting, Rebecca. <laughs> tell me more. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then she <laughs> added like 40 people. So I had to decline them all. <laughs> they were bots. Oh my god! After work drinks has been hacked. This is like Cambridge Analytica levels of. And do you know that I got messaged on Instagram 
by um, this person telling me that someone had put a hit out on me and wanted to kill me. Easy. Yeah, and then they were going to kill me if I didn't transfer $10,000 to this Thai <laughs> bank account. <laughs> and they messaged me off three different accounts. I was like, let me live. I'm trying to like get through the US customs. Like, This is not what I need right Sounds now. It's so funny. Actually, we had this big cybersecurity training at work, and now I'm like terrified of everything. And I put blue tack over my webcam at all times. Oh yeah, except I now. Do that. But I'm like, what are they gonna see? Nothing. I'm just gonna see me watching Netflix. <laughs> you know, like it's not gonna be very interesting. <laughs> the person doing the hacking is like, oh, for God's sake! Like... She's watching Falling in Love again. <laughs> 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 Nothing to see with this one. Okay. See ya. Not so funny. Bye, everyone. Bye. Um, cool. Oh, my God. I need to eat. What should I order? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.